Welcome to another episode of Meta Athletes the Playbook. We're bringing our coaches' insights directly to our community. And uh, Coach B, we you've sent me a couple links over the last couple of weeks, and I've also seen it kind of organically across social media. One interesting thing is uh, Quinnipiac hockey is being ranked as like I don't know. I've seen a couple different from a couple different entities, and and maybe some of them are legit, some of them are just um, predictions. But um, I'm seeing. Quinnipiac ranked like one to two, like in the first spot, second spot across, you know, multiple, multiple different um, entities. And so I'm kind of curious, I think today's topic and, and the big question that we have for you today is they're, they're highly ranked. I think maybe, maybe you've played some preseason games. Maybe you're, you're starting to to come to uh, the core of the season actually starting. I'm not sure when, when you guys actually start. I think you guys had maybe your first or second game, but yeah. um, the big question that I have personally is going into this season, what do you feel like are the big keys that, that you guys need to focus on to not only produce another championship winning team, but almost like keep this reputation that you guys have built. And I think last year was such a, you know, at least from our inner circle and, and a lot of your network, it's like you guys have built this reputation where now, you know, people are looking to transfer there. Uh, yeah. People are looking to apply there. They're, they're more interested in the program. Um, the program has upgraded maybe facilities and staff and there's all these things that are happening. And, you know, so not just from the standpoint of like how do you guys win another championship, which I think is a byproduct of of what you plan to yes. focus on, anyways. But it's you know how do you plan to really keep this um, level of intensity, keep this level of reputation to continue to grow as a hockey program? I think that's the you know the main topic I, I want to cover with you today as you guys um, start the season off. Well, Drew, uh, first of all, it's great to see you, and um, <laughs> I know you're do- I know you're doing well based on our side talks and side conversations, but. Um, you know what? This is a um, this is a a difficult con- uh, um, topic because I think it's the it's the secret sauce for every organization that desires to create a winning culture. Like, and if you've looked at anything that uh, our hockey program has done probably over the last ten years, I think we're probably one of the most winningest, if not the most winningest, programs in terms of wins and losses. Um, NCAA tournament appearances, Frozen Fours. I mean, um, for for a school of our size, it's a uh, it's it's an unprecedented run, um, but it doesn't happen by accident. You know, it, it's one of those things that's it's it's truly rooted in culture. You know, and I think we've talked about culture before, and you and I share a lot of similar views when it comes to culture and what creates and what constitutes a winning culture and the things that kind of go into those things. But so much of it is not being fixated on the outcome of winning, but really trying to get everybody involved. Every And that goes from, you know, program for staff, players, uh, you know, support staff, to really try to get everybody to buy in into the day-to-day in the process and really try to fall in love with the process of how to do things on a day-to-day basis to produce the desired you know, outcomes, which is from your, your main question, which is winning. And, um, you know, we... You had unprecedented success last season, but winning a national championship, and um, I think a lot of the initial preseason rankings that are going to come around are, are really based around what happened last year, right? And I think that's because there is no uh, there is no evidence of how we're going to be this year. Um, you know, we've just had one weekend so far, but a lot of it is going to come back to you know what happened last year, who's coming back, and all those things, types of things on paper, but. Um, preseason rankings don't really mean a lot. It is just honestly, um, it's probably a little respected from what you did the previous year. And uh, the, all the success we had last year w- it was was built over time. We had a group of, uh, of fifth year tr- fifth years, right? They were grad students 
that um, had won for for four years previous to that. And they'd never won it big, but they had won. They had a lot of experience with winning. And they had underclassmen, too, that they had played with for two and three years. So the team that we had last year was was built over probably three seasons. You know, and I think you can look back at, uh, you know, we're big hockey guys, but I think you can look back at any kind of professional sports, but it's it's so true in the sport of ice hockey. You can look back at anybody that's won the Stanley Cup. They had to lose before. Like, I'm a firm believer that you have to lose before you can ever win. And you've got to lose, and it has to sting, and it has to feel uncomfortable before you actually learn what it takes on a day-to-day basis to win. Like, the the one of the examples that come out and in, in come to mind are the Tampa Bay Lightning, right? They they won the President's Cup. Uh, they had over 100 wins, and then lost in the first round to Columbus. And I think there was another year they lost in the Eastern Conference Finals, and they had to have those those moments, right, where that core group of players really experienced adversity and discomfort and, and heartache together, I think it creates a really strong bond for them to win those back-to-back Stanley Cups, getting to a third Stanley Cup in a row, which is which which is unheard of. And then it happened with our good friend Devontae's in the Colorado Avalanche, right? They they lost to good lord, who did they lose? They they might have lost to the Golden Knights the year before in the Western Conference Finals or Western Conference Semifinals. And I think they were the best team in the regular season. And then the following year, they finally broke through and they like dominated everybody in the playoffs and they won the Stanley Cup. Um, I think that was one of the things that kind of came to um, fruition last year is is the team really bought in together. And um, they did everything that we'd say on a normal basis, but they did it to another level. They, they did it at a championship level. And the task of, of of maintaining greatness is uh, is that is like how do you get a, a group of completely new players right because you're integrating new players in but people are going to be the returners going to be in different roles how do you get them to buy in to the process and the day to day grind when they've experienced so much success and get them to buy into working hard being detailed being disciplined being on right. time talking encouraging. Um, having strong body language, like uh, you know, you know, playing at pace, being relentless, being detail oriented, uh, getting good grades, like all those types of things that go into the recipe of being your best, right? And we always talk about that, but and we always talk about that. It's kind of our ethos is, is how do they become the best versions of themselves individually and collectively as athletes, um, and as a team to try to put put forth the the best effort that they can when they perform. That's the that is the hardest thing, and if we got some ideas on that too, but um, it is it's it's a challenge, and it's a uh, it's it's something that's not easy to do by any means. It's um, you bring up a great point about losing because Colorado, Tampa Bay, St. Louis Blues, yeah. Washington Canadiens, all all of these are stories of <clears throat> they you know there's a couple of them where they just man just like tough adversity throughout the season, and then they start to change things, but. Tampa Bay and Washington, I mean, you know, President's Trophy type of teams put together over two, three years, and then finally figuring it out on, on the fourth or fifth year. I think those stories are, um, you know, I think it's really interesting because those previous years, they had the team, they had the right yep. pieces, but it just shows how adversity can draw it out of you mm-hmm. at the right time to to perform in, in postseason, right? And I think, um, like, the, the colleague... I also think of like the Boston Bruins, right? Yep. Like 
they're not the same exact example, but at the same time, you know, they have a great, you know, season and then they just don't have um, the right stuff going into postseason. And that stuff, I think, is drawn out of you from adversity and, and yes. having to come together and having to um, maybe hold yourself and the team up to a higher expectation um, by yourselves versus the people that you're playing against. And I think that's really interesting for me because um, I think what we're seeing with the Colorado Boulder this year is really yeah. interesting because yeah, not a winning program, right? And even this year, I think they've won some games and they've you know they've really maybe turned some some heads. But even if they're not a winning program, that reputation of that if 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 Dion stays there, if a core group stays there. You tell me that there's not going to be a time I know. looking to transfer over and be a part of this program that is holding themselves up at a higher level than what was done previously, and that's just from leadership. You know, like to me, that's crazy, right? Because it's not like they have a a long you know history of, of being a championship winning caliber no. team. I think they've always they've like put it together decent teams and they've had good teams, but um, you know, bringing in the leadership has now held their standard at such a high level that if if their core group stays there and the coaches stay there. They're going to attract people, and now they might become championship, you know, caliber team. And the losses that they that uh, they're taking this year, you know, it could be that adversity and fuel for them to to want to, you know. I think there's like this question of his sons playing another year of college or trying to go pro, right? Yeah. And I think what's really interesting is that I think for him, he wants them to continue to play, continue to develop, um, and maybe taking some of these losses will help them understand why they need to be. Versus if they went into this program, new program, and they started winning all these games and tons of upsets, maybe they feel like they're good enough to go play right now or, you know, after the season to go and get drafted and go play pro. Um, but maybe taking some of these losses is helping them build this adversity to the point where it's like, hey, I need to, I need to raise myself up yes, yeah. to, to push myself. And then the people around them, and then and then they start putting together a championship caliber team. So it's really interesting to see what's developing there. I think not just from like the media standpoint and like yeah. you know everybody showing their watch prime and prime you know with his interviews, but what's actually happening in the sense of you know the team is being forced to to raise themselves up and then to see what they might be able to do when they have a little bit more talent to fill out the, the rest of their um, the rest of the lineup. But for you guys, you know, you have a, a handful of players that had advanced you know, graduated or advanced. Um, is there a concern that you have with, with new players coming in, new groups, new groups coming in? Um, is there something that you feel like I need to spend a little bit more time here? Massively concerning, right? It's always a concern, especially, you know, when you deal with somebody who's been at another institution and another program for, let's say two years, three years, that person has habits, right? They've got habits and they've got um, an attitude and um, a certain belief system that's been built up from their, their their past experiences. Right, wrong, or indifferent, it's important to understand those considerations and keep those in mind when they come to your institution and program because what we do is completely different than what they've experienced before. And so there is a lot of, time spent early on, on my part especially, about educating and getting them to understand this is why we do this. This is why we warm up the way that we do. This is why we train the way we do. This is why we talk as much as we do in the gym. This is why we count together as a group. And really explaining the why behind every single thing it is that we do that's part of our program. And it's getting 
it's, it's really on me, right? Because when they come here in the summertime, like they have no direct contact with our coaches. So like the only person they can right. work with is me, hmm. with me and then the teammates that they have. And it's on myself and then their teammates that are here to really get them to understand, to connect the dots from what we do off the ice to on the ice or in the, um, in the gym to on the court or wherever we might be or might be able to be performing. But getting them to understand and connecting the dots, like what we do right now and why we do it has a direct correlation to how we practice and ultimately to how we perform is massive. And that's that, uh, it's that gap between knowing and doing, right? That we've, we've mentioned right. before, right. we talked about that. Like a lot of kids will come in, they're like, they're like, oh, well, you know, I know that, you know, I should warm up and I should, you know, take this seriously. I should stretch and I should take care of my soft tissue work, but I don't necessarily do it, you know? Right. And so it's getting them to build the habits and the discipline to do the types of things that they need to do on a regular basis. Classic example, uh, you know, we, we measure body comp and body fat percentage, and we've had one athlete who transferred from another school and um, took his body fat and it was a little bit higher than, you know, like where I probably expected him to be and where um, in comparison to everybody else in the team and based on his position. And I said, are you always kind of like this way? And he's like, He's like, yeah, and he started to talk about nutritional habits and what he does. And I'm like, you know, like maybe we should eat out less and right. maybe we should try to learn how to cook a little bit more. And then it starts going into different conversations about, do you like cooking? Do you even know how to cook? Like, what are the things that you like to make? Right. And um, and really just getting to understand, like, do you know what it means when you have a lower percent body fat? What can that do for you as performance wise? Yeah. And it's really just, it's all the things that, you know, we tell freshmen or in first years early on. But it's easier because they're a little bit more moldable, right? Because the only experiences they've kind of had before is like the, if they've trained with a private trainer yep. or like who they worked with with their junior team. But like now when you're working with somebody who's a little bit older and has been around at another school, we're trying to uh, break some habits, but also get them to understand relationships and correlations to how uh, the choices that it, they decide to make from one, a- one aspect of life can directly impact their performance. And getting them to really... Uh, the best way to put it is to connect the dots. That's the um, that's probably the most challenging. But it is it's like like the the way you asked the question that be to start this off is it's it's concerning because I have to invest more effort on the front end, right? It's right. it's a, and that's what it is. As from my responsibility, I have to invest a little bit more. I can never assume that they're gonna know, right? Because if I make that assumption, I'm not gonna help them. I'm not going to set them up to succeed. And that's one of the yeah. things that I, that I have to do. Right. Well, you have to you have to learn to understand them at a high level, right? But also what you're saying is interesting in the fact that it's not like a fresh sheet. It's um, maybe you have to break something down that was, that was there previous or um, whether that was mindset or education or mm-hmm. like you said, habits. And so that is interesting to, to, you know, not just have the fresh slate to work with, but maybe having to, spend a little bit more time studying and testing to, to get to that point is uh that's an interesting point that we didn't think of um, for the hockey team specifically going into this year from, from a mental standpoint, is there anything that you, you know, like, like you mentioned, yeah. a lot of these rankings are coming out, like every, you know, guys are on Twitter and, yeah, and Facebook and they're seeing it. Right. And um, I'm kind of curious, is there anything that you do differently that maybe, in previous years, you know, where maybe that there wasn't that expectation, um, or is it kind of just as you know, as as usual business? No, it's one of those things, and it kind of stems from um, this concept of Have you ever heard of the book Good to Great by Jim Collins? Yep, of course. And so, 
Um, it's kind of the uh, like a little bit of a mantra that I've that I've taught our taught our athletes about, and getting them to understand the difference between good and between the difference of being great, and truly it comes down to longevity, right? Mm-hmm. Is if you're good, you can be you know a one shot wonder, which is not what we want to do, and that kind of happens back in. Um, 2012, 2013, we were number one in the country for the first time ever in program history. We got the first Frozen Four in, pro- in program history. We lost the national championship game, but we got there. And um, the challenge to that group back in 2013 was like, listen, we're not going to be a flash in the pan. Like, we have to be able to sustain this level of excellence. And that's the difference between being good and being great is a relentless pursuit for excellence in that attitude in every single thing that we do. And that's kind of permeated class to class and been passed on <clears throat> to the point where it's become our culture over the last 10 years is is we are we are great and we expect to win um we expect to win because of the habits and the things that we do on a day-to-day basis um but this is the first time we've ever won a national championship show was different it was different right. for me too yeah. right and so um but one of the first things i did say is listen like with our return returners we had 14 returners we're gonna get 12 new people coming in i said listen the group that we're setting up for for the 23-24 season did not win the national championship, right? This is a completely different group, a different team. Yeah. We've had individuals and members of the team that have won the national championship, but as a group and as a whole, this group has not won that. And if you desire to set yourself up to put yourself in the best position to try to win another national championship, everything's got to be a little bit different. Everything's got to be a little bit more. You can't assume that you're going to win. Right, because the group and the makeup is completely different. You have to be humble on a daily basis. We can't just think that we're going to win. Like we've got to work to win, and we've got to work to achieve different roles. People who didn't play maybe are going to be expected to play. People who didn't play top minutes are now going to be experienced uh, expected to play top minutes. Somebody who was an uh, was a non-starter or a second role person is asked to move up the depth chart, and so everything's going to be a little bit different. Somebody who wasn't leader is now. Right. Put in a position of leadership. So how are you going to lead, right? So those yeah. are the types of things that we address immediately. And then, and if any time that I recognize that it wasn't up to par, you know, I, I'd let them know and I'd address it and we talk about it. But the good thing is we've got such good young men um, who who buy in and who want to learn and who want to get better and who want to achieve at a high level. And a lot of it is really just trying to keep them humble and be like, it, it, you know what, a hard dose of reality, it's, it's going to be really difficult to achieve the same goal. It, re- it really is. Just understand that, recognize it, and then work for it, right? Just I don't want to deter you, but I just want to keep it honest. Like it's the like I said from before, the group that we had win last year was was had gone through hard hard win- losses, and they experienced right. those together, and they had been built up like for probably three years. So now this is a new group in a complete different role. Like it, we've got to stay humble. We've got to stay hungry. And uh, and we've got to work on a daily basis. And we, you know, we just went through our first weekend and it was, it was tough. Right? We, we, we lost in overtime with nine seconds to go. And then uh, we played an exhibition game where we didn't play well. And, and that's good. It, it, I, I think that's fantastic that we're going through some difficult times early on because it's, uh, right. cause it's going to teach us if we're yeah. willing to learn we will get better. And that's all we ever ask for. Like it's when everybody leaves the, uh, the weight room, it says, you know, they hit the sign above the door. It says, I just got better. Like, that's all we ask you to do. I'm not comparing you to the person next to you. I'm not comparing you to somebody on another team. Right. I just we have to strive to get better 
each and every single day, better with your attitude, better with your body language, better with your with your vocalness, better with your execution, better with your diet, better with your details, better with your relentlessness. Like, just be better. Everything you do, just be hungry to get better on a day-to-day basis. And I think what's beautiful about that is as a college athlete, like that is the goal, right? And whether yeah. whether it's because you want to play, you know, extend your playing career and play professionally, or it's because, you know, you, you just want to excel at whatever it is that's put in front of you. I think that that mindset mentality is huge. But what's cool is, you know, you sent me a link and I think there's like like one or two tickets left and they probably sold out super quick. <laughs> and you would think that Taylor Swift was at the game because of uh, the surging <laughs> ticket pieces. But what was interesting to me is I think um, the it factor for having this team go into this season is that last point that you made about leadership and people that maybe weren't leaders last year that have to step up. Because, you know, I just kind of like what comes to mind for me is when an NHL player gets traded after they won the Stanley Cup and they go to a different organization, you'll always hear the announcer in the next season. You'll always hear the announcer go, and here's so-and-so coming off a Stanley, you know, Stanley Cup yeah. championship season looking to provide leadership and guidance to this team, right? And it could be a young guy, you know, like, but there's something about going through those moments as a team that gives you a, a slight edge. And so I think that that is kind of the it factor for Quinnipiac this year is to have members of the team that have won and that can um, not necessarily just for themselves, but for those new transfers, people that are new to the organization to kind of, you know, provide that opportunity of, of like key leadership at key times. And so that's what I'm interested to, you know, halfway through the season or towards the end of the season is to understand what kind of impact those players made that, that were there from last year. But um, B, I think that's a great way to end. Is there anything else, you know, that you guys are kind of looking forward to or, or big focuses for the team this year? No, I think that really the biggest things is a, uh, a, a relentless attitude to try to improve on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And um, this is one thing that it, it's, it's, I think is really important to me. And I think it's really important for the listeners to understand is um, we equate games and competitions like exams or tests right um and i'll share a story in a little bit here but that's that's what a game is if you think about the amount of practice sessions you have the amount of training you have like it's almost nearly three times as many games as you'll play like for us right like at the pro level it's gonna be completely different because they often play more games than they practice but for us like you know we if we play 30 to 34 to 40 games you know Think about how many times we're we're working out. Think about how many times we're practicing. Like it's, you know, we practice five day, five days a week for two games. It's almost double, right? And if you multiply that over the course of twenty weeks, that's a lot. And then you factor in how many times you're gonna, it could do captain skates in the summertime, the workouts in the gym. Like there's so many opportunities to prepare, right? And how we prepare off the ice. Um, and how you prepare, you know, away from your competitive arena is massively, massively important because it allows the, your preparation when you do start to practice to be that much more meaningful because you're ready for it. Like you're, right. you're in shape, right? You're in shape to be able to skate for uh, an hour and a half if that's if that's what's called for on that day. You're in shape to be able to continuously focus for that long period of time because um, your cardiovascular system is well well um, developed. You're able to communicate and talk to your teammates while you're breathing heavy because you've been prepared to do those types of things. 
Um, and that's where I really kind of want to share is, is making sure that everybody values preparation and values the day-to-day practice and the monotony of it. Like, uh, the story I wanted to share is when I was, uh, when I interviewed for this, for this job back in 2008, I reached out to one of my mentors and I asked him, I said, you know, I'm kind of nervous. Like, what, what should I do? And, and he's like, he's like, he's like, you're good. He's like, this is like game day for you. He's like, anytime you go into an interview, right? Cause I'm not a competitive athlete anymore. I wasn't at that time. He's like, if you go into an interview, that's game day, right? That is your time where you get to have your rep right. shine through, yeah. right? Everything you've written, everything you've prepared, everything you've done from a coaching standpoint has all been the reps that you put in to be able to let it go on display when you have to communicate about yourself to somebody else that may potentially offer you a job. Yep. And that completely changed how I looked at being competitive in a day-to-day basis when I was no longer an athlete. And that's one thing I want to really kind of leave all the listeners with is, is, and we kind of talk about it in med athletes, right? Everybody's an athlete, but you're competing, right? right. You always have an opportunity to compete, whether it be in life, competing with, with competing against yourself, competing with your ability to learn something new is, uh, is, is we're all athletes and we're always competing, but the level of competition that you're going to be able to bring and the competitive spirit and the competitive fire is going to be a direct correlation to how you prepare on a day-to-day basis. So if you decide to make excuses and you decide to cut corners and you decide to give, you know, the, the non-negotiables, right? If you start to negotiate with yourself in a way that doesn't help prepare you, you're not going to be best served for when that time arrives. And sometimes in life, you and you don't know when it's going to happen. Right. You don't know when that moment is going to be, is going to show up in your face when you need to be ready to compete or be ready to handle that level of adversity. So always prepare, always prepare. Yeah, it's huge, B. And I think what's interesting is I kind of want to push back on you a little bit on, you know, the preparation versus game or or practice versus game. Because if you think about it, like let's talk about like the NHL, for example. A player's most likely going to get more puck touches in a pregame skate than they will during the game. And they'll, they'll probably also only play like 15 to 18 minutes during a game and the same day, they could be practicing an hour prior. And that hour, they probably have more time on ice and puck touches than they would in the game, right? I think about, like, football. I mean, a wide receiver, a kicker. Yeah. Those players are taking 15, 20x more reps, you know, in practice than they are in a game. Even if the the timeline, so if they play more games of practices, those practices, they might get more, you know, touches more. for their specialty, right? So it's, it's super interesting to me because – it's it's one of the things that as a coach, like a youth sports coach, I I was really dialed into it. I saw it all the time, but it's really tough for parents to understand mm. that they should be more focused on how their kid is performing and preparing for practices where they're getting 100%. 100 more puck touches and then they're on the ice for an hour and a half versus game taping their film every week. And I think that it's the one thing that I, you know, it seems so clear and common sense, you know, common sense wise, it makes a ton of sense, right? To to understand that this is where they're going to get the most opportunity to grow, develop. Um, but for whatever reason, you know, parents just love the, the competitive factor. And it, it certainly is a competitive factor that's different than practice. Um, their level of care in terms of the athletes, obviously much more different. But um, as a professional, you know, that's where I'm just like, you know, uh, so even players might get 10 minutes of ice or less than 10 minutes of ice a night, right? And it's really interesting to see some of those players, you know, they might be working hard in a morning skate when others aren't, but there's also players that maybe they feel like they didn't get a good enough workout <laughs> during the game. And so they have, 
you know, they're like hopping on a bike or they're hopping, they're doing something after the game too. So um, I think what you mentioned is so significant because there's so much opportunity there. Um, but it's putting those moments to be ready for that, you know, one time a player's injured and you're, you have this opportunity to step ready. up. Are you ready for it? Yeah. So I think that that's, that's the big key. Another one that's probably more um, synonymous with you is like, you're going to do a lot more podcasts than you are speaking engagements, right? Yes. So like, this is practice. This is preparation. This is putting your thoughts and, and, and uh, ideas together in a way that you want to perform and showcase when you do have those game like opportunities and a speaking engagement. So um, yeah, it makes a ton of sense to me. And, I think I, I'll say like the whole community of my athletes is so interested to see, you know, the, you know, to, to not only follow along for your journey, but also to see how the team does this year. And, um, and a lot of other teams that you're able to work with hands on. So, um, yeah, we look forward to it. Keep us updated on everything. Um, anything else, B? No, this was a, uh, as always, I think this is a really thoughtful, uh, thought provoking conversation that it can apply to lots of different avenues and lots of different people um, and not re- not related to sports. Like I know yes. we talked a lot about sports, but there's so many parallels between sports and life. And if you're willing to be able to take a look at things from a different perspective, you can directly apply them um, to your life. Absolutely. Well, B, appreciate your time. Great conversation. Uh, talk to everybody next week.